Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dork down for a Welcome to another The Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. I am your host. Uh, and it is, I think, episode 19. Very exciting stuff. The websites, of course, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com. There's a donation button. If you haven't donated, feel free to use it. And um, other than that, sitting in my living room here in Van Nuys are the creators. And I believe actors. Yes? Yes. You look vaguely familiar. Because uh, <laughs> I've seen it online. GoldTheSeries.com. Uh, welcome, Andrew Deutsch and David Nett. Hey, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, that first one was uh, David. Second one, Andrew. It'll all work out. Uh, I'm taller, but you can't tell. On can't the tell on the radio. Right. I'm just as tall as David. I'm on a, the radio. I'm a great. I'm like a foot and a half taller. <laughs> it's, a, it's an enormous. It's all a lie. It's a lie. So you guys um, are obviously gamers who are also now making uh, like television on the internet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the uh, either that or you're, you've decided to just branch off into a weird part to do. Because Gold the Series is about, is like putting the band together, right? Yeah, putting well, the band it's back together? So, yeah. sort of. It's, it's, uh, we made Gold. I, I wanted to make a, a show about role playing gamers, about Dungeons and Dragons players, but I wasn't sure how to come at it. So we kind of, I, I made a parody sort of of a soap opera and the sports movies of like the 80s, which I love. So all of those like, crazy stereotypical sports movies where there's the hero and then there's like the foreign evil team and all that kind of stuff. So right, that's right. really what that's really what little karate is. kid action. Sort of the karate kid, rock, you know, all the yeah. you know all the Rocky uh four uh, where he fights Ivan Drago. We're missing a montage and I expect There's montage in the second season. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Because it's uh yeah there can be <laughs> there'll be montage in the second season. Thank you. Spoiler a alert. Yeah, sorry. Damn. Might be something. A game. That, it's just yeah. someone rolling. Rolling a lot of dice. That important training montage that every sports movie has, except you're training to play Dungeons and Dragons professionally. So I'm super right. excited for it. It's sleeping, eating Cheetos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, throwing we- bean bags at each other. No, but you know, last night I was talking to my husband, and uh, he he was threatening to get one of those giant stickers to put on his car. Like an ad for Jamba Juice or, you know, whatever. You know those stickers that fit over your entire car? I didn't car. know you could, like, get those from some other place. Do they pay you to put that on your car? Well, Jamba Juice does. Uh, I'm super but excited about that. Yeah, That's yeah, how we'll the, finance the second season of the yeah. web series. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. Do you, are, do you have a Kickstarter kind of thing? Or, uh, we or actually, do you just take money? We actually did Kickstarter to raise money to make the DVD of the first season. That's how, okay. we, that's how we got the DVD produced. Um so we haven't gone back to that yet for the second season. We're kind of feeling our way around how we do that. Crowdsourcing is interesting, um, an interesting way to fund stuff. Um, okay. Is crowdsourcing another thing like Kickstarter? No, crowdsourcing or is, it is the kind same of what they're calling it generally. Like Indiegogo is kind of the same thing as Kickstarter. There's a handful of sites that do the same kind of thing where you can go there and you you know, create a campaign. Crowdsourcing in the way that you're asking the crowd that right. likes your stuff to give to you money. To help fund it, yeah. Hi. Yeah. Uh, I think I do that with my, my crazy donation You button. do, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a little less formalized, but it's the same thing. You're asking the fans and to I don't, pay for the show. And quite honestly, I don't need that much money because uh, you've, you're looking around my living room here. Uh, all this equipment, it's not on a payment plan. It's all paid for. These microphones, oh, yeah. But that, it's a spectacular house that you have to yes. pay a mortgage on. I mean, that's, oh, that's, you know. That's true. You, you could... You could uh, Pay for the entertainment value. Yeah, that's what people are yes, doing, aren't entertain- they? I'll They're be over here. Pay a large I'll be over here not money. earning a living doing a podcast. <laughs> Where's Jimmy Pardo? Okay, so uh, <laughs> damn. But no. So he, so Andy was talking about uh, getting the sticker for uh, his car, and I said of like a giant D twenty. Just make your car look. Oh, and, oh, that's fantastic. Nobody needs to pay me to put that on my car. I will absolutely put I'm a giant. Okay, put it on the hood, the, like three a, of a you. Phoenix. Need oh, a Trans Am. Yeah, like a Trans Am, but on the Prius with a big giant D twenty. <laughs> totally, like a big hand with a dice in the middle of. It and it's on fire. Come on. You know what? Yeah, that's For genius. a second, I forget that the Dork Forest is a safe space. Uh, I was going to mock it a little bit, but no, no, we're in a safe space, well, and you are right. It would be kind of awesome, except for that it would be super dorky to drive around a giant D20. I want one of those little uh, family bumper stickers that shows like the mom and the dad and the two kids, yeah. but a D20, a D10, a D8. And little D64, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. The name of the kids on the bottom. Do you, do you just do the one D10, or do you do the percentile dice? The two D10, <laughs> one with the. Oh come on! 
<laughs> of course, don't be, don't be ridiculous. ridiculous. Twins. <laughs> and uh, you know, I have to say that uh, that I, I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons now for about six years, maybe maybe seven. Congratulations, mm-hmm. youngling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am mocked on a regular basis by my co because they've all been playing since they were twelve. You oh, know? okay, okay. Right. And Andy that's said that's I like am, reverse yeah. mocking. Well, and I don't feel <laughs> right to some extent, except for that. Talk about I the play safest. D&D way more than you do. Uh, yeah. But the the the. You know, I was like, well, I, I should know everything by now, right? And uh, I you was told that... You can never know anything. That's the beauty of life. That is the beauty of life. And they said, you know, really, you won't be truly in is if you can tell the difference between a D12 and a D20 by not looking at all the numbers. That, 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 mm. that's, that's a hard thing for everybody, but there's an easy trick to it. It's If you're going to talk about geometry, I'm going to well, fall asleep sort right of, now. It's like low-grade geometry, because the trick is, and you can look actually at the tattoo on my arm for the reference. Wow! I have a D20 on my arm. That is nice. That's where they had the Auschwitz one, but you've gone with a... <laughs> but instead, I have with a D20. <laughs> I never made that comparison before, but that's... <laughs> but that's I feel exactly... like weirdly guilty and self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either that or a barcode. Yes. So, or is that one of those new, th- the square things that are all squiggly lines that you can swipe with your iPhone? What, oh, you know the, the two-dimensional barcodes, yeah. The, the What are those things called? I, I think they're just called two-dimensional We should barcodes. look at the next thing. Know. Know. Yeah, you it. know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look it up, put it in the notes. <laughs> Fuck off, uh, Jackie Cation, for not knowing that and bringing it it's up anyway. It's called Indicia. I worked at a company called Stamps.com at the beginning of the wow. dot-com era. And they called it an indicia. They had a I N D I C I A. I think so. Well, I will look up that. And my I will old bosses also go... may be listening to me and crying bullshit on that, but I right. think that's right. And we have dozens, dozens of listeners. So <laughs> I'm gonna make. I'm gonna draw a little picture of a of a squiggle. So when did the, you get the D20 on your on your right forearm? This was actually my birthday present this year. Um, oh wow! Because wow, it does look new. Yeah, it's it's, and I've got a really good tattoo artist that I, I really like. Uh, his name is Lance Huston. If anybody's listening, L A N T Z. T-Z. T-Z. All right, Lance. Huston. <laughs> Hudson? Huston. H-U-S-T-O-N. Okay, here in Los Angeles? You can find him on Facebook. Yeah, he's brilliant. He's, he works out of a studio uh, in Los Angeles. He used to be with Zulu Tattoo in, in Beverly Hills, but he's independent now. Okay. Um, great tattoo artist. Uh, anyway, the, the secret to telling the D12 to the D20, the important part of the conversation, right. is the D20 sides are triangles, and the D12 sides are uh, pent- pentagons. Right. Sides. Right. So that's the. I'm you, already asleep. You first look that's at it fantastic. and you see five sides. That's a twelve sided. <laughs> you know what? This here's here's time for a dorky story about D and D, which is uh, very early in the campaign. Early because we we played three point five. Oh, what are you guys playing? We're playing Pathfinder right now. So which yeah. is three point five? Okay. Um, we're playing Eberron. Okay. And uh, so, uh, but very early, we're fighting these lizards uh, in the in the in the jungles of Vietnam. But it wasn't called that; it was called Drome or something. Right. And uh, but it wasn't Drome. Anyway, uh, it takes I, me back to Vietnam, though. <laughs> it does. The Ho Chi Minh Trail. Me on my trike. I was about seven years old in '72, and uh, it's fantastic. So, um, but we that we fought a baby dragon but we had f- fought these lizard people who had shot uh much of our many of our red shirts with these age- aging arrows okay and i had picked a couple other uh, picked a couple up because i'm an archer and um i said so should i shoot the dragon with the aging arrows and there was a freaking panic attack no, it was like the heads had popped idea. off it's a terrible <laughs> idea who knew who, who who had never been told that dragons become well, so, wiser and more powerful? But it's more, it's important. They shouldn't have actually told you that because part of the role playing is, is is not metagaming. So if you didn't know that and your character's never faced a dragon before, you you just shoot the dragon, and that's how your character learns that you don't right. shoot the dragon with the aging arrow. Right. Yeah, it turns see, out David is our dungeon master right now, and and it's oh, hard oh, to figure out his tells. Yeah, Andy's the uh, the dungeon master, and yes. he was like. You can if you'd like. Well, yeah, and with that, please with that do. Of joy in his voice. Yes. That, um, that's an interesting idea. You <laughs> should try that out. You might want to look into that. That might be fantastic. As he pours out more dice behind <laughs> him. As he j- grabs a giant red colossus dragon from yeah. behind sure. him. Sure, go ahead and shoot Su- that arrow. Super excited about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for the th- the, the thing about uh, Andy, he's been playing with these guys for 20 years. He's been playing. Wow, and the same so, group of, of guys, more or less. Yeah, but different games. Like they, right, they, right, they, right. They've been gaming since college so um so every time you know at one point early on in the game there was a a paladin fighting a a demon in the road and we walked up to them and and he was like so what do you guys do and his buddy lee just looks at him and goes i don't know i don't think we're gonna help either of them (laughs) And, (laughs) and i was like well why wouldn't we help the paladin and they're like yeah maybe 
We might. <laughs> but let's... I guess we would help the paladin. And then we walk in, and then all of a sudden we're fighting an elemental. And so it's, I, I, I love the game so much. It just it, just listening to you talk about stories, tell stories about it, it makes me so happy. It was it got me through my childhood, and... Right. I, you know, I, I think it got it. through a lot of people through that. I mean, I was it's busy. getting me through adulthood. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, we play we play now. We don't play as much as we as yeah. I'd like to. But really, I mean, the friends that I still the people I'm still friends with from my childhood were the guys I gamed with. I mean, I, I I've got other friends from you know high school and stuff. But really, the guys that I game with are the people I keep in touch with. We email. We're still. I mean, we have a really strong friendship that was forged over fighting dragons and demons together in right? my mom's basement. You know. Right. It. Uh, it. You know. I don't know what kids did without basements like here in California <laughs> as they grew up. Yeah. It's. Here. Yeah. I, I. We had a uh, basement in in Colorado, and then you come out to LA, and there's no basements. There's no basements. You because gotta, your house falls into them. That's why. Right. And what you got to do is you got to go out to the guest house, and uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's what they have here, or they have some sort of non-coded edition. Yes. Which is where they were raised. I was. Uh, oh, with my wife, and we were looking at houses to rent, and we go into a house. Uh, I believe it's in Van Nuys somewhere, and there was like a, a little door at the uh, in one of the bedrooms in, in the floor. Is this the door into John Malkovich's head? God, I wish. <laughs> Almost. So off by that house. Almost. Uh, we open the door, and there's like a ten foot room carved out by hand. This is not like of this the is like ground? a dirt ten foot by ten foot square room, and one of the walls that is, kill a, room, dude. is a safe. Like a giant. That's totally your kill room. Safe? Yes. Holy like, we're cow! Like, I'm like going down there because I'm going to open that up Dick and bones Cheney's. will fly out, or you know, some sort yeah. of hovering. I like that you assume that the safe's going to protect somebody like Dick Cheney's bunker. I'm glad that's you're you're a good person. I immediately yeah, yeah. assumed somebody had been killed down there. Yeah. Right. You're looking for like the drain. Then. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like is it is it is there plumbing? Yeah. Is it's nice and a hose. Uh, shelving. I'm looking for wood floors and shelving. Right. Um, no, no, I'm I I I'm thinking uh, Mormons. What the heck? There's a, a you know ten weeks of grain that's being kept oh, down there yeah. so that they're prepared for the apocalypse. Oh no, there's like a little wooden ladder that was like a sort of makeshift ladder. I was like, how did nobody Weird. like? That's so that's like the the best beginning of like a, a modern D twenty adventure, like a couple house hunting and they open up the trap door on the floor and find that dirt room. That's that's golden right there. That's yeah. a, that's an awesome hook. Could you, you know do what? like a modern D, uh, Dungeons and Dragons now where you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like this... I'm gonna roll. Uh, to see if my iPhone connects to AT and T. Yeah, this D twenty D twenty modern uh, is kind of a semi official, you know, game that they use, is use it? it for like military stuff, or um, you can use it for for space adventures. But it's basically the same system, and there's lots of systems out there for just kind of regular role playing. Um, there's actually a great system that that would be good with uh, called Fiasco. That's a relatively new game, mm. um, and it's it's a it's an amazing system because it's kind of a cooperative storytelling system. There's no dungeon master, or there's no game master. Um, and, uh, it's, I love cooperative games. Those are my favorite board games. It's so great. It's not, it's, it's, but it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's totally a role playing game. You c- sort of create characters, but there's no dice mechanics or anything. So you sort of, the point of the game is it's supposed to be, uh, structured such that you're basically collaboratively storytelling like a Coen Brothers movie where you, you set these kind of weird characters and you tell a story together and it's like shit just completely falls apart as the game goes along. Do it's, they know that it's a Coen Brothers thing? Like, do they mention that, or is that how you no, see? No, well, they, they they talk about it in the book that these okay. are kind of the inspirations for uh, for okay. um, for how the game is built, and it's it's just a it's an independently published game called Fiasco. It's like fifteen bucks for the book. Um, I asked for it for book? Christmas. It's one little book, <laughs> and because this D and D business. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 structured very differently from that, and that the rules are kind of loose, and there's there's a structure of play that kind of the way that the play is structured is sort of like a movie and acts. And there's dice involved. Use D6s, but they're... It's all D6s? Yeah, and they're, but they're kind of used to set up whether things will be bad or good. And then the group kind of collaboratively, again, tells the story using whether things will end bad or good, kind of a vague mechanic like that. It's, it's, it's a little bit hard to describe, but I played it for the first time at Dragon Con this year um, with a Dungeon Master friend that I really admire, uh, Dave Chalker. Um, and he, uh, he took Rick and I uh, and, and a couple of his friends played this game. Uh, Rick is the third person who wrote Night of the Zombie King, the new gold miniseries. The, the new gold miniseries He's the guy with the out? big beard uh, in the first season is of Is he gold. part of the uh, bearded youth movement? He's he's not not a youth. And okay. he tries not to move. <laughs> <laughs> and has he always had the beard or is uh, it last five years? 
No, last five years, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the bearded youth movement. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. But he's not like a hipster. Like, uh, he goes out of his way to make a beard different or weird. It's literally just like an unkept, (laughs) glorious beard. (laughs) Right, right. Well, no, that's the movement. The movement is not, you know, I, I, I would call them hipsters, except for that they're just, they want to be, they want to be different, the bearded youth movement, except for that there's so many of them that there's a movement. And so it's hard so to be different. So they're unique like the, like the life, a life of Brian? A little bit. Yeah. A little. Um, <laughs> no, he's, but it's, but he's but it's not, not a, a bad thing. I think it's, I, I, I think it's, you know what I actually think it is, is I think it's a response to, um, in, in, especially in guys in like their early twenties, I think it's a response to uh, Bin Laden. Say, well, fuck you, mom. <laughs> fuck you, mom. I'm going to get a beard. I'm going to theorize that Rick's beard is a direct fuck you to Bin Laden. That's what I'm going to... Yes. In fact, <laughs> I'm going to start using the term Bin Laden all to, all the time. With him? For no, just in, general, just in general. Just like, I'm just going to start fucking Ladening to, things. It's a, it's a fuck you to Bin Laden. It's a fuck you to your mom. And you're just like, you know what? Bin Laden had a beard. I'm going to have a beard and I'm not enlisting. So I'm going to tell my me. wife. I was like, stop Bin Ladening me. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. So before we digress into Bin Laden, <laughs> see, I have a lot of listeners who are different kinds of dorks. Like right. I, had, I had knitting dorks on. I had a knitting dork. We, t- we had a yarn snob on two, two episodes ago. So, uh... Let's, that was me. Let's talk. It was you. Yes. It was you, Andrew. Yeah, I'm the yarn snob. And, uh, yarn snob. It was Judith Shelton. Anyway, so, but the, <laughs> the crazy thing is, is I, like, I didn't know what D&D was. I didn't know what role-playing games were. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what tabletop role game, role-play game. Role- we didn't used to have to make the distinction. It used to be just role-playing games and then computers mm-hmm. and whatnot. So. Right. Right. Now there's RPGs for my DS. And, right. And, and it's all working out for me on, on every level, quite honestly. <laughs> so you spread through in, really I, thin on your Real uh, thin. I can, I can do whatever I want. Uh, we're, we're running a Deadwood LARP this uh, weekend. I love yeah. Deadwood. Do you love LARPing? Uh, I have never actually LARPed, I will You talked will about say. this on a previous episode. This right, sounds, right. It's, uh, uh, we, dangerously we, dorky. Well, uh, it's no, going to be LARPing awesome. is kind of awesome, and I, I've, been, I've got a lot of friends who do it. I'm going to make donuts, homemade donuts this weekend, because uh, I'm craft services. I'm Mrs. Oh. Wu. I'm the non-existent character of Mrs. Wu. Nice. Who's also the opium, opium connection. Sweet. Now, yeah. I'm going to be... Uh, I'll come over during this LARP, and I'm just going to sit in the corner and play a drinking game to see how many people say the word, the F word. Oh, the, oh, cocksucker. Uh, I had a little bit of a problem, uh, with, uh, two guys who have opened a saloon in Deadwood out in my, uh, in, in, in where we grill. And they're using the N word because they're both Civil War veterans. Mm, and I'm right. like, yeah, you're going to move your saloon into our garage. <laughs> because our neighbors <laughs> yeah. do not understand uh, <laughs> that you're LARPing. Yeah, they don't understand that you're live action role playing at this time. So, but tabletop role playing, D&D from back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. when it was created by that guy. Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson. Thank you yeah. for playing. And, uh, <laughs> and then, and it was invented in what year? 74? Yeah, it, it was the mid-70s, yeah. right? So uh, I- I'm guessing. With chainmail first, and then Dungeons and Dragons, but I think it's around. Okay, before. and uh, I genuinely thought it was more like live-action role-playing games, where people well, would wear cloaks and throw beanbags. Because at each in the eighties, that's when when the big Dungeons and Dragons scare happened in like mm-hmm. seventy nine to eighty two. Scare when everybody thought the devil was involved. Exactly when, yes. when people thought it was devil worship, and my mom was terrified when I started to play because she thought I was worshiping the devil and needed to check in on me. Um, because of Mazes and Monsters, the Tom Hanks movie. Right, where the kids LARP, a terrible Tom Hanks movie that totally demonized D and D, right, and and just basically made you into that's a crazy person. Yep. Well, that's, that's what my dad thought about. that's my dad thought about Tin Men because he was an aluminum siding salesman. But uh, he said the vilified uh, aluminum siding salesman. I said no, no documentary. It's good. But uh, Mazes thought, and Monsters. When you said Tin Men, I immediately think of like the the Eberron, uh, uh, the constructs, the warrior constructs in Eberron. What are they called? Oh. Uh, Buttercup is one. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, Kevin plays Buttercup the Warforged. Warforged, yeah. yeah when, a, when you said Tin Man, I thought of Warforged, and I'm like, why does your dad think Warforged aren't awesome? Because that's <laughs> yeah, the connection Warforged, my, mom, my mind makes. Warforged are pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a hell of a character. But yeah, because Amazes and Monsters, everybody thought the devil was yes. uh, was involved. Yes. And uh, and they still so. do. Like they still there was a, a court case. There was a court case like three or four weeks ago where. What? Um, yeah, so the inmates in prison somewhere. God, I wish I should know more about this before I talk about it. Inmates in prison somewhere were playing Dungeons and Dragons, and somebody complained and took the game away, and they went to court about it. And basically, the judge said that the inmates are not allowed to play Dungeons and Dragons because it it brings out the worst in them. They're blaming basically D and D yet again for the ten thousandth time in the last thirty years 
for some violence in the prison or something. Wow. That's, you know, the only thing that it does for me, it encourages overeating. Yes. That's all it does. It encourages some overeating. And in other games, I understand there's uh, some adult beverages and some... You guys uh, don't drink beer? The- no, we, we there's some Mountain Dew. Because okay. <laughs> so, that's my childhood, right? But one of the great things about gaming as an adult is you can drink beer while you do it, too. I mean, right, yeah. Thing. Some of the other games have, like, uh, last weekend we played uh, uh, Champions. We played oh, Heroes yes. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, was it actually Champions that you played? Because the, there's lots of superhero games, but Champions is one of the more complex ones. That's, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it was that one because uh, guess who, again, with the math, essentially I'm sitting there with my iPad playing... <laughs> uh, Jewel breaking bejeweled until somebody tells me I get to do something. You are Andrew at the table. Yeah. I will acu- I accuse. <laughs> I, Some I, people I, just I, take a really long time to decide what they want to do. Uh, David the reason even initiated a sort of a time box. I had to I had to initiate a time box during combat rounds because some of our players play bejeweled at the table, which that is not my fault. Is infuriating other, to me. The and then when your turn comes, going, you don't know what, what you're doing. Because do? you're not paying attention doing? to the other exactly. people. I'm going to be uh, looking at this wall for the next ten minutes. We, we, I mean, if we need to have this out right here, you know, it's <laughs> yes. Let's have it's it. A, it makes for good radio. And so, why uh, anyway, is it that a scene in gold? The, well, it may be. I mean, it's I didn't know. Be. I didn't know it was going to be a problem. So we actually, uh, when when I, when I wrote gold and we shot it, I. I wrote it, and I was very hesitant about bringing it to people because I, I didn't know how many of my friends were gamers. I hadn't actually played for probably five years at the time I wrote it, um, and I, I have such a great love for it. Um, and so I wrote the show, and I started showing it to people, and Andrew and I were writing another show at the time, and I you know I asked him if he wanted to be involved, and it turned out that he played when he was younger, and I had no idea. And so many of my friends, it turned out, were gamers, and they were the answers were, yes, of course, we'll come play, uh, we'll come do the show with you, and... Can we have a Dungeons and Dragons game too? Like that was their the big thing. Is every I found these people who wanted to play. We've now got two two games going mm-hmm. out of the cast and crew of Gold of people who weren't playing at the time who wished that they two or were three. Still. I would say uh, I think it's up to three now. But then the other thing that happened, like during the production, we're bringing in actors and and people that you would look at and say, "There's no way in hell this person's ever heard of D and D." And like the lead of Night of the Zombie King, James Lane, big guy. Uh, from Looks Texas. like a sport dude, yes. kind of. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, big into football, whatever's going on in sports. And uh, and then he's like, oh, no, I used to play D&D all the time when I was young in high school. Do you know why? Because we all were broken as children, and we had to hide somewhere. Yes. And I didn't hide in d and I, uh, I did a lot of reading. Did a lot of uh, reading. Yeah. Did some rereading. Then I did some more reading. I did none of that. And then, uh, and then there was some more I'm reading. With you. Yeah, yeah, it was. I crawled into a book and called it a day. That's why we wear glasses and you don't, Andrew. <laughs> Even though Andrew's supposed to wear glasses, he refuses I have three to wear older them brothers, because he's worried so he's nerdy. That's why I didn't wear glasses. Oh, right, because you got I got pummeled on a daily basis. <laughs> My, half of my childhood was deflecting a punch from some direction <laughs> at some point in time. You have three older brothers. Do you have any sisters? No. No, I my have four older same. brothers, and wow. uh, and one older sister. And uh, yeah, my brothers were ridiculous. The wailing, the wailing on each other was. Ridi- I feel like I missed out on something because I am the oldest. Uh, right. And I've got a younger brother and two younger sisters, and I didn't punch anybody. Guess what? I bet you did. I don't. Uh, no, it's, it's a lie. <laughs> had no. to have. No, I don't think that I, I really seriously don't think that I We did. were punching each other way into our teens. Way like, into, my sister and I, I, I would always want to fight my sister, and my sister never wanted to fight, and I would pick a fight with her until I would actually somehow hurt her, you know, because I'm a year and a half younger, and I, I would actually get a good, like, a clip in or something, and I'd get her in the ear, or I'd, I'd poke her in the eye or something, and she would lose her mind and beat the shit out of me. And she'd be like, you want to fight? We're going to fight now. And then, but I was always the one who wanted to do more wrestling than... Right. And she she was like she wanted to finish ridiculous. it. She was a yeah. yeah. She was in a finishing mood. We were all <laughs> finisher. We were all wrestling all the time. Like you could be going in for a snack at the uh, refrigerator, open the door, and all of a sudden you get like punched right in the spine, and then you go back into the fridge, and then somebody's closing the door into you, and then it becomes like a two hour fight on the ground. And my mom's just sitting there making dinner. Really, not I, breaking anything up. Just like don't break anything. And this went into your teens. Oh yeah. Like you would sit there, uh, like my brothers would come home from college, and all of a sudden it would just happen. Like somebody would punch somebody in the arm, and for the next two hours we're just sitting there pounding on each other in the living room. You this know, sounds like a domestic abuse story. I mean, I'm <laughs> very, I'm very concerned for everybody. But if here it's now. between children, like you know, my, to some extent, when my brothers were like fifteen and. Though. It was like 15 and 13, they had, they broke up the kitchen chairs and were beating each other with the spokes. <laughs> and I was like, and I was under the table, and my sister went and grabbed the phone and called our mom across town. She was at work. She broke up their fight over the phone. 
I oh, was yeah. like, you're a That's freaking a lot of power. genius, That's, man. Yeah. Yeah, so my stepmother was when I finally was like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever she says. <laughs> she has power. Man. My mom had an immense amount of power because she was quiet. Like, if she spoke to you and it was like, if she went in that direction of actually speaking to you, yep. you were in trouble. Wow. wow. My dad did a lot of the... Uh, was the yeller? I think, no, he... nobody yelled. Nobody yelled. My father just changed his tone. He was, he was, he's a, a jovial individual. He's very much a laugher. And yes. He's very, very friendly. And, and so if all of a sudden he's like, come here. It, it, he would just go down. And then mm-hmm. he had... He has uh, he had his eye poked out with a stick when he was twelve, and so which changes really? your outlook on life. Which changes well, so then he that, looks like a pirate, a roly poly pirate. <laughs> I wish God I, he had the eye patch for such a long time, but he but he has like eye. He has oh, he got eyes. a glass eye. He has glass eyes. Okay, and so just when, one glass eye. Yes, hopefully, or one at a time. He may have he may two glass them eyes. Out, would mean he would. Bl- he's but you said glass eyes, so I'm just clarifying oh, for I, the yeah, radio like audience. Eyes. <laughs> so he switches them out. He's like like a laser eye and then like a far he's seeing eye. Like a eye. bad guy in an action movie. Awesome. Like, That'd I'm, be yeah. awesome if he had like a. Yeah. Oh, we, I want him to have like, <laughs> the coolest eye in the world. Red. Yes, of course. We wanted that How can you yes. not be buying new cool eyes for him for every that's event, really birthdays and Christmas? Idea. That's, that's oh, oh that my gosh. Really a D20 that. eye? That would be so awesome. Oh, he would love that. Yeah. <laughs> would he? I think he would. <laughs> wow. But uh, when he was mad at you, you didn't know which eye to look at because you forgot in the moment. Right, because you'd be terrified. You'd be, you'd be terrified. Like, oh, my God, my dad's mad at me. And if there was a number of us involved, you're like, wait, is he looking at my brother or <laughs> me? Wow. Wow. It's so foreign to me. What, what What's important to take out of this for me is that when my parents listen to it, my mom will because she listens and watches everything Aww, that I do. It's really sweet. That is adorable. It's for them to know how good they had it because I was such a sweet, nonviolent Generous. That is nice. That is, you know, you know my opposite brother, of what you are. My now. brother Phil yeah, exactly. was five years old. He said that the Lord spoke to him when he was five years old. He dropped a glass of milk, and and he and bad things. He said, "Ever since I was born, bad things happened to me." And I dropped this glass of milk, and he said, "I literally looked in the sky and I said, why me, God?'" And he said, "God talked to him and said, get used to it." And wow. I was like, are you sure that wasn't Terry? <laughs> because my oldest brother was a dick as a child. <laughs> and, uh, and Terry was two years older. That's so, an Old Testament God thing right there. That is. It's. I was going to say, uh, another role play, because you were talking about Fiasco. Yes. Uh, have you ever played Five Card Nancy? I don't know Five Card Nancy. No. Nancy. Remember the uh, the comic strip Nancy? Yes. Uh, if One of my all-time favorites. No. no. Like, is there not really, no, you not really. Tell us about a Nancy RPG. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Nancy game where you where you write a story. You write a story, a five card Nancy, and uh, I you create it yourself. What you have to do is you have to you have to go get a Nancy book, and and make copies of different panels and cut them all up. And uh, so, and this, this is like the only Garfield way Nancy's Garfield books have ever or... been sold. This is that's that's the reality of it. It's all a scheme to sell one Nancy book to somebody. <laughs> but the thing is, is is you play five card Nancy, and then they always end up. It's a great drunken game to play, by the way, because you end up. It's always dirty. It's always filthy. It's I'm, always something. I'm fascinated by that, but I'm I'm more fascinated by the fact that somebody has a Nancy book to photocopy. Is it your Nancy book? No, it was given to me by somebody. And uh, talk amongst yourselves for yeah. Why don't you pitch your your your? Are you your gonna project? go get the Nancy? Nancy book? Oh, oh my dear. gosh. This is going to uh, be epic. I feel like we've been left alone. And this is a dangerous thing. Like, mom's left the room, and now bad stuff's going to happen. You should swear. Say the F word. Say well, the F word. She does the... Uh, the no, the... say... Oh, no, she's... Oh, fuck. Back. I brought you the game Five Card Nancy that I made for Andy for his birthday. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It's like... It's like a keepsake box. Oh, it's Nan- okay. <laughs> it is. It's crafty. So it's I, the craftiest I apparently did not know the, the Nancy comic strip. I was thinking of what's the one with the lady oh, who like Kathy. shops and oh, ca- Kathy. Kathy that's makes you want to paper cut well. yourself. Yeah, man. well, that and that's why when you said you photocopied the Nancy book, I'm like a Nancy book exists. Thinking it was Kathy in my mind, I'm like uh, somebody bought a Kathy book. Holy and moly. let me tell you something. I used to read Kathy all the time in the hopes that uh, I could write the quintessential Kathy joke. Okay. I, I read it hoping that she would like. Did it work? Hang have herself. the cards in Ziplocs. Well, they're wow. they're uh, they're different. I think the different sizes are in. Are so, so Nancy for people oh. who are like me who didn't know what it was, it's like an old timey. It's Nancy and like Sluggo. Yeah, Nancy so like Sluggo. a uh, our gang era comic. And, and then what you do is like you put out one that says, "I'd love to meet one of those underworld characters where Nancy and Sluggo are watching uh, an old timey mm-hmm. thing," and then you have a hand of Nancy cards, and then you have New to player. put out. 
fattest dog ever, or whatever. (laughs) And then you have to explain why that's the that's the way the storyline would go. That's awesome. So I am excited about this this. by yourself. High. You could play this by yourself, not high. You could play this by yourself. You know what? We should send this to prison. Uh, yeah, in, because, in place of Dungeons and Dragons, because right, they can't play D and D anymore. I, did, I, I find that story very ironic that the that the judge was not like the prison is what's making you bad people. Not, right, Dungeons like, and Dragons is what that's always the thing. That is true because uh, you know when I think about prisons, I think think of how many geniuses were missing by the fact that they aren't educated. You know the 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 that many of the people that are in prison they have no education, right? And they could be, I mean, but now they're forty-five-year-old guys who know how to hit each other. They're educated, just not in a direction that society. I know, but they seems. could be like curing cancer or something. Yes, you're curing cancer on the streets. Yo, oh, yo, wow. ma, wow, play that cello. Do not, I'm sorry. do That's not hold your hands going, like that. Uh, uh, so I, I play uh, occasionally in a stage production of a D and D game. I, I, that's been floating Blank around LA for like, for like five or six years, right? No, uh, no. Blanket Patch has just started doing it. Okay. He used to host a show on Comedy Central, uh, a geek show, a hmm. geek trivia show, which I can't remember the name of. What? J. Keith Van Stratton hosted it for a season, and then Blanket Patch hosted it for exciting. two seasons. Why did I not see that? I don't know. A geek, uh, geek, uh, trivia show on. Oh, I'm to look that you're up. not like talking about where they had to, to, uh, go against the nerds. Yep. Reve- what was that called? Revenge of the Nerds? No. It was called oh, Nerd Herd? No, that's from Chuck. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was literally something along the lines of you against the nerds. Or something. Right, right, right. It's, it's Battle not, of the Nerds. It's a I'll, terrible name for show. But. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in the notes section. We'll nice. fix it in post. Good. Yeah, nice. please do. But the, the, the name of Blank Apache's live theater show at the Steve Allen Theater is called Roll to Attack. Awesome. And he's got like a projector where you can see the battle map. And then it's me and Ken Daly. And I am so excited about this. I have this to go you. see this now. Yeah, you should go see it. Um, it's it's hard to make it interesting, and I am such a freaking munchkin that uh, the first two games, I'm like, the first game, all I did was say to Blaine, do I get to hit something? When do I get to hit something? I'm going to beat up that door. I'm going to beat up that door. Because I, all I want to do <laughs> is uh, hit something and then roll them and, right. and, and find loot. Right. That's why I play a paladin in our... Oh, do you play paladin? Yeah, I'm yeah. a I'm a four-armed Kalistar shadow dancer. Wow. I'm a rogue. I'm wow. a rogue. That sounds uh, like a Starbucks order. <laughs> <laughs> Trente. And, uh, Andrew is pure of heart and soul. Uh, paladin. As I slice you. Although in half. this last the last this last time we played, we had just a massive combat. This last time we played, and Andrew, the paladin, did not hit anything. Constantly dropped his sword. Uh, there was one of the characters that spread some caltrops on the ground to protect an area, and Andrew kept stepping on the caltrops. I stepped on and... them three times in a row. <laughs> I rolled like a three, a four, a four, a three, a three, a four, like all night, and then I hit a twenty like once. Right. And then I rolled my initiative really high once, and, mm-hmm. that, was, and that was it. That was it. My entire night was just it was blown really the just doing saddest nothing. paladin. It was you will be receiving wah. Ranger of the Dork Forest T-shirts for being <laughs> on the Dork Forest, by the way. I'm Thank excited you. about that too. Yeah, it's I right. Over. Wait. It's, awesome. uh, it's right over there, and they essentially you get a plus. I always tell people when they buy it, you get a plus one to your initiative roll if you wear it till your game master. Well, you got a DVD of Gold Season I, One. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did an exchange of goods and services yes. uh, on the walk and a couple of buttons. Yes, and buttonseries.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. we're also having. Uh, the, uh, oh, actually, yeah, I was going to say we're, we're having a party on Friday, but. I don't know when the podcast aren't, is going to drop. Aren't you guys uh, doing Meltdown? We're doing yes. a party at Meltdown, yeah, for the series. Kind of celebrate. I'm, I'm really... Meltdown at, Comic Book Store in Sunset. Hollywood. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gotten good at making things, I think, I hope, about making shows, but I'm not good at throwing parties or celebrating them. I, I take advantage of all my friends and make them work really hard for me, and then I'm like, see ya, I'll, I'll move on to the next thing. So we're having a party to kind of celebrate all the work we've done. And it's a screener, right? You're going to show all we're gonna eight show episodes? We're going to show the six episodes six of episodes? Night of the Zombie King, the, the new thing that we've done, um, and drink and hang out and hopefully shop at the comic shop a little bit because they've been generous enough to host for us. And, and uh, Everybody gets 10% off. Uh, so for the last hour, yeah. And the then we're also going to have some game demos because there's lots of people who see the show uh, who I know who are in, sort of in the, either the indie TV communities or the indie film communities that ask me how to teach them how to play. And I just don't have time. But we're and gonna have Meltdown just put in a, um, a battle map kind of area. with Dragon's game. Den Games, they call it. They yeah. got like a little game store within the comic shop. I so. went and bought Gloom there. Nice. A Gloom card game where you, are, you have a, a, a terrible family that you have to do unfortunate things to. Uh, and kill them. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, it's got and the cards are really interesting because they're transparent. 
Oh. They're, they're see-through mm. plastic carts. When when you go to Meltdown, I'll take, um, a, take, take a gander at uh, Gloom, and there's expansion packs. That's yeah. awesome. My, uh, my friends and I were, were big sort of tabletop card game uh, gamers, you know, whatever we can find. Well, or, right, like, like Guillotine? You ever play that? Or we haven't played Guillotine. We play a lot of Bang. We, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. we just discovered another game called Revolution from Steve Jackson Games. Okay. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, One of the guys demoing at the party is actually a guy named Dan Smith who's got a game called Portable Adventures, which is sort of like a tongue-in-cheek Dungeons & Dragons in a card game. Um, oh, have you ever played Munchkin? Uh, I have Jackson. played Munchkin. Yeah, yeah. I, we have all the Munchkins. You know, I, I went to college with John Kovalik, who uh, does the art yes. wow. for the Munchkin. I'm going to touch awesome. your arm later. Sure. So I can get a little bit right of now. Very wow. exciting. Fantastic. Yeah. Good times. I'm married. My wife is we addicted to uh, Killer Bunnies. Oh, Killer Bunnies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she has all the we, expansions. We have the first one of Killer Bunnies. I don't know if this is going to be bad, but I, I hate Killer Bunnies. I don't know if I'm. Uh, it's a, it's an acquired taste. I, I just, yeah, I didn't enjoy it the first time I played it, but because it, it was a little fiddly, I think I need to. It's totally play it fiddly, again. and it's got like a broken mechanic. And I, I only played it with you the once, but I, there's there's like a, I, I, like a golden snitch problem in it. If you there know is, Harry Potter, there is. there's like there's like you can play this game and accumulate all your points or whatever, but there's like a, a mechanic in the game that if you do this one thing. Doesn't matter what anybody else has done for the rest of the game; you just win. Yes, and I, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. That mechanic. is brutal. Yeah, there's a number of of our friends who play it, and we're like, "This is pointless." Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we just play? Uh, pick a random card uh, from the deck, and right. whoever gets closest to the number. Because it really, I mean, I, I, and I wish I played the game more than once. Cause I can't even tell you what the mechanic is, but there's like there is like a card you can draw that it's, it's like some magic won. carrot card, yeah, whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. There, there's a there's a magic card uh, in magic. The Gathering, mm-hmm. uh, that Andy has in one of his decks, and you're just like, really? The silver angel of whatever that I can't lose if I have this card out? A lot of the... If you if you play on the tournament circuit in Magic the Gathering, right. in the it organized won't... play, they, they're good at weeding out those things. Like, the, the yeah. broken cards are good at weeding those out. Uh, that's actually... Magic the Gathering tournaments are one of the things that inspired gold. The the idea of kind of this sports movie slash... On ESPN game. when they were... When playing. I was in college, yeah. when Magic the Gathering was first getting big, so this is right. like 90... 495 maybe ESPN2 used to have Magic the Gathering tournaments on late late at night like awesome. actual fully realized broadcast with the scrollers along the bottom and everything camera Magic above looking at what they were doing and, and hushed guys those going, tournaments oh are gosh, still a goblin guard. Right. <laughs> those, those tournaments are still a big thing the, big, the, the Magic yeah. tournament is still the, the Magic circuit is still a big deal but I, I've never seen it te- televised since like 94, 95 but it was fascinating that is you know all, all the the different subsets of gamers are yeah. fascinating. There's, I had a guy on 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 the old episodes that were conference calls, and the audio was a little dodgy sometimes. But it's a he was a wrestling dork, uh, but it was a fantasy wrestling. He played fantasy wrestling, like fantasy football, right? Where uh, f- wrestling, all, pro wrestling. Already not real. Well, right. That's, but when he was a kid, he would get these wrestling magazines, and in the back of the magazine, you could create a character, like a D and D character, okay. with stats and and all kinds of things, and you would name your character, and then you would send off with three dollars uh, your stat sheet to this wrestling play, and then they would send back to you um, an opponent. Wow. And then you would have to write up how. The battle went. You had to write a prose. That is fascinating. It was, and then you'd send it back with another three dollars, I think, uh, and then you would find out who won. So the taking the money from kids in that way feels weird to me, but the encouraging them to write that story—that's awesome, right? It's I awesome. Mean, yeah, and now and now he still plays. He says, but it's now it's on boards. You now know, it's on bulletin boards online. Wow. That's... For a while there, I was I was really into wrestling. I had like two oh, really? years there that I was totally into like on board like pro wrestling. Absolutely, were but you I, an Ultimate I, Warrior guy? Uh, well, Jumped no. Jumped dog. I, I'm, I only know a handful of wrestling names from when I was a kid. So I'm gonna throw those out there. Yeah, no. This was a uh, during Rowdy the Roddy Piper, the Rock phase. Oh, so like more recently. So yeah, like you were like, a grown man. My grandma. Yes, I was a grown man <laughs> and watching I was wrestling. Watching Friday night, watching wrestling. Not that's was bad. I mean, some college? people really enjoy that. No, <laughs> I had a job and everything. Oh wow! Because uh, during college, I watched Days of Our Lives a lot. And uh, well, it's the same. It's almost the same thing. There's writers. There's right. storylines, and I think that's what was fascinating to me is that. You know, you have these characters that come out there, and they really are enjoying their character. They have a storyline. They have a bad guy. They're acting. And then yep. they have what uh, a term that I love using all the time is a term they use all the uh, time in wrestling is a jobber. And that is a weak wrestler to show the dominance of a strong wrestler. A so, jobber. So when L- The Rock would come out, and, and, and The Rock is a new wrestler, right? 
and but they want to promote him, they give him jobber matches. And the jobbers are basically the unknown dude. The guy's name's like, I don't know, Jeff Smith. You know, it's like a really bad wrestler right, name. Right. He has terrible knee pads on or whatever. <laughs> right. And The Rock looks amazing. And, you know, he starts to win the match the jobber does, and then The Rock come back, uh, comes back and, of course, wins. Right. But... Now, you see that in movies. You see that in all action films. The opening sequence is the action hero guy going up against a room full of jobbers. People that he will take down to show prowess, to show ability, the, to show skill. Right. So minions. I mean, the for, the Dungeons and Dragons 4E equivalent would be minions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, I, I have a tra- problem with a lot of the new action Ever since Con Air, uh, they've been doing. <laughs> Con Air is your seminal, your like turning point in action movies. I, I wouldn't watch action figures for action uh, movies for like four years after Con Air came out because I was like, "You got to tell me it's as good as Terminator. Is it as good as Terminator 2? Is it as good? You know, I was like, that's a hard, hard thing. It, to do. it was a real bar. Yeah. I was like, I would like a real bar to be met before I watch anything as bad as Con Air again. I just read uh, somewhere online that they are making a Con Air two. Well, here, what Con Air did was it was the first, that whole year, and Con Air was not alone. But uh, Con Air sort of summed it up in the fact that there's more than one ending now. Right. You know, like Die Hard even had it, I think. Was Die Hard? Die Hard had the Die Hard ending, yeah, and yeah. then the person came back and yeah, almost yeah, shot him. And yeah, yeah, then almost shot him. Yeah, so. That, th- that's a horror that's movie. That's a horror movie. That goes back to, like, the Friday the 13th kind of era of horror movies. Those always had those kind of double endings. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. Uh, I, I, I don't, you want the uh, one ending. I want the end. Yeah, unless you do it right, which Die Hard did, mm-hmm. um, then don't do it. <laughs> well, Just because that that was a good ending because that showed the character arc of the policeman. The oh, policeman right, right. was behind the desk. Yeah, and he there shot was a the reason. Yeah, he didn't want to use his gun it. again. And in other movies, it's just because they want to have a chill or, or some sort yeah, of yeah, shock moment. Yeah, it's another moment. boo moment. But that was a like, definite character arc going yeah, on there. And yeah, yeah, and that, that's why it worked. That was good writing, man. That's what that was. Well, but that's the thing. I think you can use those kind of uh, cliched little tropes if you can do them well. Um, right. Yeah, I, I don't care. You, you you can be a guitar comic and be a great guitar comic. Can and you be a great guitar comic? You can. Okay. Uh, allow me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Please. meet Henry Phillips. Henry Phillips. Henry Phillips, mm. uh, one of the greatest guitar comics in the world. Uh, and he's just a comic, really, but he does songs and stuff. And he has, by the way, I think, does Henry Phillips have the best guitar joke ever? It's about how he, ma- people ask, how'd you learn how to play the guitar? And he said, well, I made a deal with the devil. And I met him at a crossroads. Well, it was a crossroads. I don't know if it was the crossroads. I don't know if it was the devil. Whatever. I signed some paperwork. And I said to the devil, and I'm going to massacre it. You should all look it up on YouTube. But Henry Henry Phillips, he's like, so I, I said to the devil afterwards, I said, so what happens? Am I just going to start ripping it up? And the devil goes, well, I thought we'd meet here every Friday and you'd work on the courts for a couple of hours. And, but the joke is longer and better set up than awesome. that. And you're like, that is the quintessential guitar joke. I'm and in. so Henry Phillips... One of the yeah, he's a great guitar comic. I believe and you. and you know, arguably Weird Al Yankovic. Weird yes. Al Yankovic could be arguably a guitar comic just because he does parody songs. I guess when I first saw Z- Z- uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis, he was a piano comic. He was. You know, Zach Galifianakis told me when he first started doing that piano thing. I asked him, "What the hell are you doing?" Because <laughs> uh, I have no filter, <laughs> and because uh, he, he had just started to really blow up in stand-up circles, and he said. They're headlining me on the road, and I don't have enough time. Ah. Uh, yeah, I saw him at the improv. And so he, he, he said, you know what a piano does? Really eats up eats up some time. And yeah, I was like, he, fair he enough. He sat there for like 10 minutes. It was like just playing like one note. Tink, tink, tink. Yeah, did, just doing like the one thing. Because people, yeah. when he sits down, he does like this big presentation like he's about to play a song. Right, right. And he just does like the one note. And then he'll just sit there and talk and, and right. bullshit with the audience. And, right, right. And then do jokes. He is easily... You know, him and Sarah Silverman together will try to do jokes that I, I mean, I say things that are obnoxious, but they say things that oh, yeah. are racist. It's the greatest. I mean, like I, Sarah Silverman is one of my favorite it, comics of all time. I, I'm such yeah. a huge fan. The, but when she did Jesus is Magic, I don't watch a lot of stand-up comedy. I don't go to clubs and stuff. I, I just, it's, but I love stand-up comics. And so I see like the HBO specials and I watch all the Comedy Central specials and stuff. Okay. And Jesus is Magic, when she tells the joke about the diamond that can only be found at the base of a baby's spine, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it, like it just kills me. And it's not, yeah. Yeah. the audience doesn't even know what to do at that point. The audience is like, I, I love it because I don't know if it's okay to kill a baby to get a diamond, but I just like, I love, uh, but the thing is, is, is the, per- with the two of them, the writing is so 
amazing. And hit maybe, I don't even know if this is the right odds on it, but seven out of ten times, you know? And Maybe even less. I I saw one of her sets. She had like a five-minute set at the improv. Right. And she got up there with her little notebook. With all the new stuff. Right. With like, yeah, like yeah, stuff that Yeah, so 90% of everybody, what everybody writes but blows, I guess. Most of her stuff was like, and she would be already into the next joke before people started laughing at the last joke. Because people were like, oh God, that's a holy moly. And then they just started, you know, right. this is her act. This is her thing. And right. then you start and just laughing not, at it because it makes you kind of uncomfortable. And but it it's isn't so shock good. jock stuff so either. No. And the thing is, with no. both of them, is it's shocking and it's dark, but it's not... You know, like they're new comics who try to do what they're doing. It's not it's about hard... being shocking. It's still funny. It's right. about yeah. Sarah I mean, puts this sweetness to it, like well, an innocence attached to a it. A diamond at a baby's uh, spine. Allow me to do a little Kurt Vonnegut interpretation <laughs> dance. I'm so excited about this. Uh, is the fact that what you're talking about is the fact that every stitch of clothing that I'm wearing was made by a toddler yes. in Indonesia or Guatemala. Yeah. And that's what that You look amazing, is. by the way. Thank you very much. It's all Those little fingers did magic. As they do their tiny hands. They have such do nice... You know, and so, like, my shirts are made in America only because I'm unwilling to sell clothing made by toddlers. Right. I don't know. I don't have enough money to buy clothing that is not made by toddlers for the most part. But you won't sell it. And that shirt is not a union shirt. I tried to look into union shirts, and they'd be like 40 bucks each. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, so it was made by an adult poor woman in the Appalachians or Alabama or something like that. And But an adult yeah. who... Hopefully, could get out of that situation. <laughs> a, a, a step above the little kids making it in a whole. Exactly. Now here's a conundrum: Would you buy uh, a shirt with a label "Made in the USA," knowing full well it was made by children in the U.S. American children, by the way. American children. Well, you got to get their American them. Children. Exactly. Got to get them to work. Uh, <laughs> only Lazy if they bastards. were the American children that I've helped raise, uh, because those people are assholes. Uh, because they deserve to be making brats. shirts. They can. They could use some making shirt time. Down the Xbox. Little chore time. Loser. Little chore time. I'm talking to you, nieces, nephews, kids I babysit for. God love them. And uh, yeah, it's uh, no, I. Y- I, I'm, I'm not a, you know, the, the guy who owns my home club in Minneapolis, he was a child laborer in Hong Kong. And so if you get him drunk enough, he'll talk to you about making socks in, uh, in Hong wow. Kong. Is that something you put on your business card? Let in China? Be, in China? Child laborer. Child laborer. And now, 45 years old, all working out for me. And, uh, but he, you know, he was so funny because he was like, you know, it built a, it, you know, really I have a great work ethic because of it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you do when you're five, six years old making socks. And he said when he was 11 years old, he he was working at his uncle's sock factory. When he was 11 years old, his uncle called him in and fired him and told him to get his own goddamn wow. job. Wow. <laughs> my my wife worked in fields. Well, yeah, corn. I mean, like, I'm from farm country, so lots, like, my, but that was I, I job, lived in the city. Like but when she was in high school. But yeah, but like lots of my, my cousins, lots of people I know had essentially had child you, labor you, jobs. You were raised in North Dakota. Yeah, right? in North Dakota, right. So, um, so wheat fields. You guys uh, were making corn. nukes, weren't you? As, as uh, when there are. Baby. There's a lot of. If if North Dakota, North Dakota was its own country, yes, it would the, be one of the fact, most powerful. In fact, there was a big silo in, in my uncle's backyard. Essentially, um, we don't know if it was active, but probably. Yeah, we 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 like our guns and our nukes. Fargo, where'd you uh, live? By? Outside of Minot, Minot actually. Yeah. Minot. You, Why so not? You Why actually not? Actually, name more than one city in North Dakota. That's that's so awesome. That's because I did stand-up comedy on the road. My career's on fire. That's um it. so I have been to Minot. I uh th- there there was used to be a gig in Grand Forks uh North Dakota that was Grand Forks called, is where I was born. So okay, it's yeah. the alcoholic maker is what it was because <laughs> there's nothing to do in North Dakota except for, you know, the wind'll cut you in half and count the rings for yes. crying out loud. Now is Minot is that a step up or a or a lateral move for it's your family? Down. For my family? Yeah. Oh, that well it's as much it's a smaller town. It's just town. a much smaller yeah. town than Grand Minot, Forks and Fargo are the big cities. Grand Forks, Fargo, Bismarck and Minot are kind of the big oh, big ones. I've uh, done Bismarck's Bismarck. the capital, yeah. There was like um, a Thunderdome like room that I would do there. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um but yeah, but a big city like Minot's like the fourth biggest city in the state and it's thirty five thousand people. So that's There's the only eight hundred thousand people in the, in the Not state, even, right? Five hundred thousand. Oh like really? It's, it's it's like the size of Oregon and there are five hundred thousand people in it in the whole thing. It is nothing. Grand Forks has a nice mall. And so the people from Canada drive down. Yep. The tiny town in Canada drives down to Grand Forks to go to the mall in Grand Forks. Yeah. It's actually, I, I really love North Dakota. I love being from there. I don't visit very often because it's expensive to go. Uh, and it's 
freezing fracking Which is cold. weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 35 below. Yeah. And that isn't even the wind chill. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not full and cold. It's, it's uncomfortable to be alive cold. Right. Yeah. Right. And nothing to do in Grand Forks except for crawl into a bottle and call it a day. There, there was a, there was a gig there. You could get six months to a year. They used to have a year, then they cut it down to six months because it would literally destroy you. It would destroy <laughs> comics. Uh, <laughs> comics who would go there. You, it was an MC job at this, uh, weekend room. It was called the, uh, the Westward Ho. Uh-huh. And the pool was shaped like a boot. And every year in Grand Forks, uh, the Red River floods. Yes. Every year. And You'd everybody acts all surprised. Yep. And they don't you have would... sandbags on hand, but yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Yeah, they never have sandbags on hand, and they always fill the sandbags by hand. Yes. And Dave Mordahl used to do a joke from Last Comic Standing, first season, uh, his Minneapolis comic. Mm. He used to do a joke about how, so they don't have, they they have factories that'll fill flower bags. But for some reason, they can't use those to fill sandbags. We still got to fill those by hand. Okay. <laughs> and, but, yeah, they, they would, the gig was you would MC, uh, the stand-up shows, which were four or five days a week. Right. And afterwards, and the other two nights a week, you would MC karaoke. And oh, it was a soul-sucking moment. And then what you got paid, you got paid 200 bucks a week. And this is in 1996. So this isn't like we're not talking like the 60s or something. $200 no. a week was a living wage. Right. It was That's $200 like a, bucks a week, free f- oh free house. room and board. And then if you wanted to, you could work in the diner at the Westward oh Home God. as like a busboy or a waiter or in the kitchen. As and a perk? Yeah, as a perk is like to make an extra couple hundred bucks The cost a week. of living is really low there. Oh, the yeah. 200 bucks a week is... Pretty brutal. Yeah, you got to. But the thing is, is you what you got was free food and booze, which is the more important part of the right, equation. Because right? and I'm sure it wasn't top shelf, but <laughs> I'm sure three months in, you're like, I don't care. I will wow. drink Phillips vodka, and then have rot gut. Yeah, I want to say it. Like I, I again, I love North Dakota, but that sounds. It's Horrible. a nightmare. Yeah. But the comics who came out of that, there were three different guys I know who who did that, and they're all great comics because mm-hmm. of the stage time. Yeah, they got so much stage time that they wrote and wrote. And well, and, wrote. and like you were saying, there's nothing, there's not a lot else to do. So writing, especially in the winter time when the days are an hour and a half long and it's <laughs> 300 degrees below zero, and you just what, what could you do besides write and drink? That you'd have to. I think yeah. actors in this town should go through that kind of process, like stand-up comics have to go through. Like stand-up comics have to get out there and they have to like go to these terrible towns, these terrible spots, and still do their act and still try to make people. Laugh. Andrew Deutsch, burning bridges in North Dakota right now. Yeah, Terrible wait. towns. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't mean that. But, right. uh, <laughs> it, I didn't it mean It could North have been Dakota. any state. It could have been Colorado. I meant yeah. South Dakota. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> South Dakota. The bad Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> the bad Dakota. Which is just like North Dakota, except for it has mountains Dakotas. on the end of it. It's south. It's uh, It's got a rapid city. But the city. actors in this town should go and prove their mettle. They do, actually. I mean, the thing, what real actors, like, because I, I claim to be an actor. I don't act. Uh, I real actors go and do like web series, summer and stock, summer stock, but shitty like theater. Like yep. they join a theater, like the Ruskin Theater down one. in Santa that's Monica. Yeah, and they put on a play, and you are in that play. Right, and that's what actors do. Actors genuinely act, yeah. and comics like do stand up. If if you saw, and for the fortieth time, I'm going to bring up the Joan Rivers documentary. Joan Rivers goes and does stand up at like in the in the opening scene of the movie at it looks like the biggest dive bar in the world in Brooklyn and there's a stool with a ripped up seat on it and she goes and does stand up there because she's a comic yeah. and that's needs what you stage do. time. Yeah. yeah. My, my, Michael Caine that was his like actors video in the in the eighties. I think it was made. It's called Actors Act, an actor acts, yeah. actors act, something like that. And he talks a lot about that. That I've you heard do because people ask him all the time, why do you do all these like crappy movies and stuff? And he's like, I'm an actor. Somebody calls me and asks me to do a movie, and they're going to pay me, and I'm not doing another movie at the time. That is my job. I I go act and. You know, I, my wife and I run uh, with some of our friends run a little theater company here in town. Andrew and I are making, uh, you know, these independent television shows. Um, you know, I, my wife and I met actually doing summer stock. Um, right. Yeah, you you work, and and I would prefer that I were getting paid a living wage when I'm working. Right. But that's not always the case, and I I can't not. Right. Act. I know guys I who are writers who've never been paid to write. Right. That have just stacks and stacks of things sure. that they've written because yeah. you can't not write do. and if you and if you can not write or you can not act 
then there can, may be other things that you should be right. doing. Same with plumbers. Yeah. I mean, say, the guy who, uh, Andrew Thompson, the guy who donated a couple of these microphones, and uh, thank you, God, and is essentially my IT guy and a friend of mine, Andrew Thompson. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, he can't not fix computers. Right. If there's a computer in front of him, he wants to know what's in it, what it's looking <laughs> like, and if it's working okay. And that's, do you know why? Because he's a computer he's guy. He's a computer guy. Yeah. yeah. That's what he wants to know. And that's awesome. You yeah. know, if, if you find any job that that's the dork thing that you, that's what you should be doing. There's another dork thing that we haven't talked about that Andrew does. Uh, Andrew and I are both, we met at our day job actually. Andrew Deutsch, we're both, Andrew Deutsch, yes, sitting here. Um, because we're both, uh, software designers. Who burned all the bridges in North Dakota. Yes. Okay. We're both software designers and Andrew is a font dork. And if you've got a crappy font or your kerning oh. is bad and yeah. your, you know, your leading is wrong or you're using papyrus again, it will drive Andrew Then you crazy. will hate the Dork Forest website because I can't make the Libsyn website have the same font for every single episode. For some reason, it's a different font <laughs> for every episode. I don't mind. You know, I really don't mind that. If, if somebody says, hey, that's not what I do and they have a website and it, and it doesn't look spectacular, I'm fine with that. You what know, a- but if, it, if you're out there and you're making signs or if you're making signage oh, okay. out in the real world yeah, and yeah. that's what you do, mm-hmm. that's what you say you do, and your kerning is off or your letting is off, I got problems. I Let's got real talk problems. it out, man. And, and if you don't know what kerning or letting is, you can find Look that stuff up. on Wikipedia. Yeah, and you really shouldn't be, <laughs> really shouldn't be working in fonts. There's uh, a guy that my husband, uh, one of his old gamer buddies from college, Michael Everson, he invents fonts for Fantastic. dead languages. Wow. Like Holy. he did it for Inuit. Holy cow. And he, not wow. dead languages, but like languages that don't have fonts, right? right? Like. Right. Latin. I don't know. Like, but he's always in the Middle East. He's always in Southeast Asia. He's always in South Asia. That's you know, a crazy family. specialization. Like, because I think That's people who run like font forges are. It's a weird. I gotta thing have Michael anyway. Everson on. Um, uh, creating a font is a very time-consuming, extraordinarily and, fiddly, detail-oriented. Yes. Yeah, you're talking about understanding spacing between letter forms and. And you're going all out in that direction. And Andrew Deutsch, we got to have you back on to just talk about fonts. I, I, just I love finding out at minute the... 55. That's oh. perfect for me. <laughs> I was just going to say, just started to talk about like what's pleasing to the eye versus what's not, and culturally, and how that affects your font. And then I thought, yeah, wow, this is a whole other show, and one yeah. that your this audience will just you your audience will shrink so much. Yeah, this is embedded <laughs> in my in my college experience. No, we didn't no. have computers when I was in college, and yeah. so everything that we had to do that involved letter forms or a sentence being on an ad or anything on a poster, we had to do it by hand. Everything by hand. Right. And we had to take pictures of the of the what we laid out on paper and then make a press on type and I'm boring everybody. But, <laughs> you are not. This is that's but, exactly what this show is and, and so I'm having you both back on. We were we were obsessed with with, with with that in college. And then we got computers and that made everything a little bit easier. Right. And so I'm even more upset when somebody comes in and, and they're and their spacing between letter forms is off. It really drives me nuts. It's just, it's you can see it. If you can see the problem, then and, you and know blazing. too much it, it about. It burns yeah, in my brain. That's something you know a lot about. Because yeah. <laughs> I never, like I can't even, you know, I have a hard enough time with the triangle pentagram <laughs> business or whatever. <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. But, uh, let's, yeah, but I would uh, never get up on a stage and try to do comedy. Oh, right, that would right. be a disaster. Which is, quite honestly, it's all I do. <laughs> That wow! <laughs> Why did I just go right? What happened there, <laughs> gentlemen? Would you like to? Would you like to plug something else besides your own work? What what uh, what are you liking right now? Um, books, I just movies. I just finished a series of books. Uh, I uh, called the first the first law the first rule uh, by Aber- a guy named Abercrombie. It's it's a fantasy series. John Abercrombie, I think. I, I probably should have memorized that before I got here. No worries. Um, but uh, it's called the first, the first law or the first rule, and it's a fantasy series, three books, and it's uh, fantastic. It's not Song of Ice and Fire good, um, which is your favorite thing right w- now, right? Well, George R. R. Martin wrote a series called Song of Ice and Fire that's actually not finished yet. But Game of Thrones, uh, HBO is making a, a show called Game of Thrones based on the first book. Right, I, I have the uh, the first couple of books on Audible. So so good. Those are those Check are the out. best modern fantasy books, I think. But this uh, Joe Abercrombie, this this book, the first the first law is. Uh, Really good, this series. I highly recommend it. It's political. It's got some magic and fantasy elements, but it turns a lot of stuff on its ear, things that you don't expect. It's really, really good. Cool. Uh, you listening to anything? Reading anything? You know, uh, listening, I just sort of discovered, and this guy's been around for a long time, is uh, John Powell. He does. Uh, I'm a huge soundtrack person. 
I love soundtracks. Soundtracks to film and TV. Uh, yeah, everything I can consume, I, I'll, I, I could go bankrupt off buying soundtracks. And really? uh, I just discovered. I just got the soundtrack to the Big Easy. Good for Remember you. that movement? <laughs> it's a. It's actually. It's just all Cajun music. It's, it's something I. I Still. Love. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and John he, Powell. John Powell. He he did How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. And P.S. I Love You and, and uh, numerous other songs, but like uh, Head of Training Dragon just got uh, nominated for an Oscar, and okay. it is fantastic. It's just, a great soundtrack. Just amazing. Like, you're right there. That's what uh, It's a great soundtrack, and I just got the Tron one, and, and you just feel the movie. It's a really great movie, actually. I thought they did a really nice job with that movie. I, I How love to Train that, that movie. Dra- yeah. 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 Tron I haven't seen yet. Andy's seen it. Uh, my husband's seen it because he worked on the iPad game, I, the uh, iPhone game. I'm such a huge fan of the original Tron. That's that's like yeah, a seminal moment of my I, childhood. Oh, well, see, I'll I just give rewatched it, to you, it, and it's it's a little bit of a rough watch. Yeah, it doesn't hold up quite it's, as well as you want it to. It looks great. I, mean, I could talk about Tron for a whole hour. It's a fascinating right. movie to me. Structurally, it's broken, but it's fascinating. <laughs> anyway, the the new Tron is also structurally broken. Interestingly, in a lot of the same ways the original Tron was. But I really well, at least like the nice continuity on there. Yeah, but it's well a, done. It's a true sequel. Excellent. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming over to my house and, and being on the Dork Forest. It's been incredible fun. Thank uh, you. You guys got some serious cred, so it's <laughs> all good. And people, uh, you can see the links and everything on the notes section, and it's goldtheseries.com. Yes. And the new one is The Night of the Zombie King, right? Yes. Watch it. Go. See Thanks it. a lot, you guys. Thank you. Thank Yay. you. Be good Bye. out there. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?